So he and his best friend fled Germany when Hitler was coming to power. Um, they were both roughly 18 years old, I think. Um, I think his friend might have been a year younger. And they arrived on the shores of the United States. I don't believe it was Ellis Island. I'm not exactly sure where they landed. But it was on the day. It was on Black Tuesday. Mm-hmm. As when the market crashed. Couldn't speak wow. any English. Wow. Had no relatives, no connections in this country. Welcome to the Sage Warrior Gentleman podcast, where we explore the three facets of the modern man and discuss leadership, chivalry, and style so that you can continue to bring your best to the world. Hi, I'm Jeff Hendrickson, and through impactful subjects and in interviews with men I've known and worked with in various industries over the years, you'll learn some valuable lessons about modern men and their struggles and triumphs. On this episode of the Sage Warrior Gentleman podcast, I'm interviewing a new friend, Matt Strippelhoff. Matt is partner and CEO of Red Hawk Technologies. He's an artist, technologist, serial entrepreneur, husband, and a proud father of two. He moved from a small town in central Kentucky to attend the Art Academy of Cincinnati, where he met his soulmate and graduated with the BFA in 1993. After working as an illustrator and graphic designer for several years, he started his first business and ultimately merged with an advertising agency in Cincinnati. He exited that partnership several years later to co-found Red Hawk Technologies in 2008, a custom software development company producing revenue-generating solutions for mid-market clientele. During much of this time, he was also co-writing, recording, and performing original music with his band Grace in Gravity, which won a Cami Award and performed at Riverbend as the opening act for Lilith Fair in 1999. Matt has also served on the board of directors of the Cincinnati chapter of the Entrepreneurs' Organization, where he is still an active member today. So please join me now in this great interview with Matt Strippelhoff. All right, Matt, thank you very much for joining me tonight for this episode of the Sage Warrior Gentleman podcast. How are you tonight? I'm doing really well, thanks. I'm uh, thrilled to be here and a little nervous, to be honest. But uh, Nervous? Nah, nothing to be nervous about. I ask really easy questions, so you should be all right, whether you studied or not. And there's no quiz at the end, so every, everything should be all right. Excellent. Now, nah, this is cool, man. So um, you and I met just recently and just had a really, really good talk, a really good discussion, um, introduced by our good friend, Mark. Macaluso, who has also been on this podcast. So first, what we always get into, and you know, there's a little bit of a format. I, I, I sent you the notes, right? So there's a little bit of a format. So we're going to talk about occupation. Uh, I really want you to talk about what you're doing at your company, how that all got started. So let's talk about occupation. And then we'll, we'll dig into that just a tiny little bit more after you kind of go through that. So uh, take it away. Okay, sure thing. So I started a software development company 12 and a half years ago with my business partner, Ron Dunleavy, and it's been going really well. We do custom web and mobile application programs. We also do a lot of systems integration work. Our objective was just, and when we set out, was just to help people. And so we see ourselves as problem solvers. We've probably talked more people out of bad ideas than we've delivered finished product. And it's important to put ourselves on that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's what we've been up to the last 12 and a half years. And, and the career path has been a really interesting journey. And we can dive into that if you're interested. Um, 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think maybe this is something that came up when, when we met the first time and, and uh, after the, the uh, CX meetup group and we had a couple of beers. Um, I, I think you may have asked the question, um, why did you go out and, and decide to start a company or how'd you find yourself out on your own? I think my response was, I learned that I'm unemployable. <laughs> yeah. That happens to some of us, right? It does. It, it, it does. And, um, you know, I learned from a lot of great people in my career path along the way. And, and I think what I found was that um, the best path for me was to be independent and uh, set the course. And, and I have a lot of passion and a lot of vision and want to pursue the things in a way that I want to do them and find people who um, feel the same way, think the same way and have the same values. And it's been yeah. a great journey. Yeah, and I heard that. That's the reason why I asked you to 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 be on the podcast with me and to do the interview because I heard both your heart and your soul in it. You know, I I, I just just from the CX meetup and from the cool stuff that you did in the presentation and then on to having the beers, um, I just I I felt that in you and I knew that you would be a guy who would be really good for this because. Of course, you know, the goal of this is, is, is to help mentor some younger men, is to give some stories about what it's like out there in the trenches, to talk about different things that men have to face. And it didn't take me very long after you and I sat down to talk. I'm like, I want to interview this guy. I absolutely want to interview this guy. So um, what's the name of your company? The company is Red Hawk Technologies. Red Hawk Technologies, and you're in Kentucky somewhere, right? We are. We're in Newport, Kentucky, and we have the best view of the Cincinnati skyline because oh, we're cool. on the Kentucky side of the river, and it looks great from there. It does. It's a little tough to see the skyline when you're in uh, over the Rhine or downtown Cincinnati, although I love it. I've got a lot of clients and friends and a lot of community um, in downtown as well that I'm connected to, so I love the whole area. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So you said a second ago that you've that you've had the good fortune of working with a lot of really cool people. Can you? Is there anybody that you could name as a as a mentor? Somebody whose whose lessons or experience in life when you were a little bit younger really helped you set your path? I have to go really young first. If I'm just following my instincts here and responding in a very transparent way, I'm thinking about my grandfather. Mm. You know, I think that my grandfather on my father's side of the family, he just set the bar so high. Um, I'll probably never reach that level of, of um, uh, leadership, um, success, any number of, of factors that I would think are important in terms of the measurement of a man, mm-hmm. of a person, of a human being in general. He just set the bar so high. And, he, and his stories were just amazing. So I would say my grandfather was definitely top of the list. I've met some amazing people along the way from a professional perspective as well. Um, and, and, you know, I always am attracted to, to Renaissance men and women, people who have multiple skills, uh, passion for art, music, creativity, seeing that it doesn't matter what industry you're in, the opportunity to create is right there in front of you. It's right there. And people, um, I, I think the world would be a better place if they embrace the fact that there's creativity, there's opportunities to be creative in any industry. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so I think about my grandfather a lot when that question comes up. Was he a creative person? I think he was. Um, I think he was an adventurous person, person mm-hmm. first. So he and his best friend fled Germany when Hitler was coming to power. Um, they were both roughly 18 years old, I think. Um, I think his friend might have been a year younger. 
And they arrived on the shores of the United States. I don't believe it was Ellis Island. I'm not exactly sure where they landed, but it was on the day. It was on Black Tuesday. Mm-hmm. As when the market crashed, couldn't speak wow. any English, wow. had no relatives, no connections in this country. And from there, he went on to leave this amazing legacy. My older brothers uh, and my twin brother are now owner-operators of Carbide Products in Georgetown, Kentucky, that my grandfather started over 75 years ago. Wow. So it's just his journey along the way was great. And he was hilarious. He had all these wonderful stories along <laughs> the way, too. He didn't just talk about his success, right? He told yeah. stories about some of the most embarrassing or challenging moments. And, and um, I thought that was really endearing and also uh, a, a demonstrated a great sense of humility. You know, it's, yeah, it wasn't celebrating success all the time. He's just talking about what it meant to be alive mm-hmm. and some of the things you had to do and, and, uh, or he had to do and um, just embracing the adventure. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. Gotta, really gotta, cool. gotta be an adventure. And, and, and isn't it, isn't it funny that it just so happens that we talk about those kind of things here in this podcast interview too. How about that? <laughs> All right. So, so occupation, we're going to go a little bit deeper into your occupation. You told these, I mean, it's so cool to hear stuff like that about our ancestors, you know, but now, but now let's talk about you. How, does the way you work, how does the way you think about the world like that and being a man, bringing home the bacon, you know, whatever you want to call it, how has that impacted your family? How has that impacted the world so far? Wow. Okay. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have a modest level of success and be able to support the family uh, and do things for my kids and, and provide uh, a really stable, healthy environment, you know, middle-class living, nothing crazy. And, but that's what I wanted to be able to do. And, and by God, I did it on my own <laughs> to a certain extent. Yeah. And, and, and uh, that wasn't really the goal. I, I never really set out to say, I'm going to do this on my own. This is all about me and my successes because really none of this is on my own. Really. This is a, this is a team effort. I've got some amazing people I've had the pleasure of working with and learning from over the years. And I've got a wonderful business partner. And so none of this is really on my own, but I think in a way it's been on my own terms. Uh, How has it impacted the world? I don't know. You know, I think it's nice that we've been able to provide for the folks who work for us. We've, we've got people that have been with us for over 10 years Mm. at at our small company Mm. and they've, they're raising their families. Right. So it's cool. I I think back to a character in, um, classic uh christmas movie i'm trying to, i don't remember what iteration it was but it was a christmas carol and one of my favorite characters was WYSIWYG. so you know that was the happy go lucky um business owner that um the scrooge worked for when he was a younger man mm-hmm. and he didn't see all the joy and the camaraderie that was happening and that and i, I looked at it from a you know it's a business right there, but it's family and so i thought yeah. that was really cool for some reason i always connected with that as well mm-hmm. Um, so maybe in our small way, by creating opportunity for those that we work with and our, our partners and our vendors and our employees, we're, we're certainly having an impact, right? We're all connected. Sure. It's a ripple effect. It's a drop a, uh, uh, you know, drop a stone in the water and watch it, the ripple effect happen. So yeah, some small way we're, we're playing our part, I suppose. Yeah. And you know, it's sad because a lot of people don't realize that a lot of people think that they're completely on their own, that nothing they do matters to anyone. But that's just not true. We all make an impact somehow or another. Some of us 
some of us reach out and, and, and make a really, really concerted effort to do that. Mm-hmm. Some don't, but that doesn't mean that they don't impact people. You know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard the saying, you know, as you're walking down the street, smile at somebody. You have no idea what's going on in their life that day. Mm-hmm. They could have gotten the worst news in the morning and somehow or another your eyes met and you can smile at them and change their entire day. Right. Yeah. Small things make a it huge, is. huge it difference. Is. It is small things. All right. So quick pivot. Can you share one of your biggest mistakes with us? <laughs> Which one do I want to pick? I'll probably make the biggest <laughs> mistake in my life sometime in my future. I don't know what it's going to be. Right. Um, I, I, I believe mistakes are unavoidable to a certain extent. Uh, we don't always recognize in the moment that we're making a, a poor choice or making a bad judgment. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we do and we do it anyway and it's impulse or whatever it might be. Right. Mm-hmm. My biggest mistake. Um, I've made so many Jeff. Well, and we're going to, okay, okay. So think of it this way then, because here are the follow on questions to that the follow on questions that are, did you continue to make that kind of a mistake again? And what kind of lessons did you learn from that mistake? So if you think about it that way, maybe that'll give you more to chew on. Ah, okay. Okay. I'm going to pull one from my recent past. I'm going to go back a couple of years and uh, I, I, I became so focused on the business and trying to get to the next level and really grow. I was really pushing hard. Mm. And I was, and this is a, I'm going to be very transparent. This was a very hard lesson for me. And, Mm. and uh, it was humbling. Two of my um, team members, two of the folks that worked for me pulled aside another one of my team members and said, and and basically asked for what I'm referring to now affectionately, because I tend to learn from my mistakes. I hope I do the matter-vention, right? So it's an intervention, but it's with the boss, right? So, uh, you know, I, of course, accepted the, uh, you know, let's go have lunch, tell me what's going on. And that was the first meeting with the, with the team member who was asked to, hey, you need to have a conversation with him. He's driving us crazy. And then I sat down with the, the other team members and we had a very open dialogue. And I will, there are things we just don't know about ourselves. Yeah. And there's this wonderful book, and I can't recall the name of it off the top of my head, but I was given a chapter out of that book um, as an opportunity for learning. It didn't come out of that specific meeting, but it was about the wake that we leave. And as leaders, how important it is to recognize when you're leaving a wake, just like a boat, Mm -hmm. you know, on the lake. Yeah. You're just powering through and you're thinking about the goal that you have in mind and what you need to do. But everyone that's, that's around you now has to deal with that wake, whatever it is. It's either going to be a positive wake or it's going to be a negative wake. It can be either or, but you're going to leave a wake. So you need to be aware of it. And, yeah. and what does it look like? And what can you learn from that? So I think that was, I didn't even know I was making that mistake, but mm-hmm. I was, I was. You were leaving a wake. I was leaving a, and it was a negative wake. Um, and uh, yeah, so. I needed, I, I, I was, it was a very humbling conversation. Cool. So, you know, when you talked about the wake, I, 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 you got me thinking about it this way too. It could be this really big wake, but you know what? A professional wakeboarder will love seeing a wake like that. Somebody who's never been on a wakeboard before will see that wave and freak out. Right. So yeah. 
you could bring it back to that, right? This is this is your business week, and you've got people who know how to handle it, but yeah. they're always going to be those people who don't. They're going to see that they're they're not going to know what to do. They're not going to know how to handle it. So that's that's a really cool analogy. I, thanks for using that one. That's that was really cool. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and you make an interesting point there, Jeff. That um, we create opportunity for ourselves. If, you know, I've always tried to do that at least. And I think there's, you know, some people would see that as opportunity, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, I had to modify my, my communication style and, and become more self-aware and things definitely improved in my business as a result. That's cool. The momentum didn't change. Yeah. The vision didn't change. The passion didn't change my delivery changed. And, and so I, and, and I still have to remind myself, I had to build healthy habits right along the way to get better at that, becoming a better communicator. So was this delivery then, was this delivery then more diplomatic or was it more empathetic? Empathetic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, for me, it was, it was, I knew that the challenge that I was facing was that um, the individuals needed that to needed someone to help them have that conversation with me. That's why it wasn't a very direct go straight to me. They felt that they needed someone to kind of set it up first. Yeah. And I think there was, um, uh, this is something I learned about myself and um, something I think most people in my lives already knew about me that I didn't know about me. I have no problem with conflict. Never had a problem with conflict. I see conflict as a a way to quickly resolve issues. Conflict isn't about winning, by the way, from my perspective. It's Mm. about as quickly as possible getting to an understanding, an agreement, a recognition of what needs to happen in order to make a decision and move forward. So it's about decision making. It's not about being right and winning. So that's my perspective on conflict. So I always thought conflict was helpful. So I never had any adversity to conflict, but there's a lot of people in my life and a lot of people in general that are adverse to conflict. It's frightening. It's overwhelming. Um, It can be challenging for them. And, and, you know, as much as we hear that saying, put yourself in their shoes, Mm -hmm you can't really do that. <laughs> right. You, you can't, it's not really possible. You can, you can try and be empathetic and you can have shared experiences that maybe help you understand each other. Um, but it's very difficult for me to put myself in the shoes of someone who's, ad, you know, sees conflict as a bad thing or, or something to be avoided, not necessarily a bad thing, yeah. but something to be avoided because they're so uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's the majority of the population. So, um, you who are listening to this right now, rewind and go back over what Matt just said about conflict, because that was, that's a brand new revelation for me. I never viewed conflict that way either. So rewind, go back, listen to that one or two more times and take that to heart because that is a phenomenal lesson that Matt gave you right there. All right, cool. So um, let's switch to wins now. All right. So same, same kind of, same kind of logic here. Let's talk about a win and let's talk about, because you just talked about this perspective, let's talk about a win and how that might've given you a new perspective on how to handle things too. Hmm. 
Okay. <laughs> Let me think about that for a moment. Um, a win. I never feel like I'm winning. I have moments in my life that I'm very proud of and I get excited about. Well, let's just see where this takes us, Jeff, because I'm thinking about a, um, a moment where I was playing guitar with my band. This is, oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah, we got to talk about the band too. <laughs> got to talk about the band. So this is, back in, this is back in 1999, and I was playing in a band in the Cincinnati area called Grace and Gravity. And we were receiving a fair amount of airplay on WNKU, VXU, 97X. We used to play around UC's campus often. We had a, um, a regular recurring gig at York Street in Newport. Mm. We had the third Saturday night of every month, which, uh, which was great. It was great to have a set gig. And I remember we were playing on the back porch of, uh, like, back patio area of this restaurant up in Blue Ash. <clears throat> All original music, by the way, with maybe two or three covers thrown in mm. for good measure. And just as we were getting ready to take a break, our bass player, who was really responsible for a lot of the marketing and, and booking the gigs, and he's just a wonderful guy, Russ Dolezal. Love Russ. Russ said, I have an announcement to make. And the band had no idea what he was talking about. And he stepped to the microphone and he said, we just got word that we will be the opening act at Riverbend for Lilith Fair. <laughs> and boy, let me tell you, that next set was rocking. I bet. <laughs> so that was a win. We were really, really excited about that. Um, and, and uh, it, you know, that's just a different aspect of, of, my life and being creative. And I think about music often. Mm -hmm. It was a wonderful part of my life. My guitars are now hanging on the wall, collecting dust. And I look at them fondly. Hopefully I'll get back to that. I, I think that <laughs> getting back to painting and writing music, I think that's, that's also part of who I am. I actually have a bachelor of fine arts degree from the art Academy of Cincinnati. I thought I was going to be the next Norman Rockwell. Mm -hmm. I'm not that good. So I pursued other other aspects of being creative. But um, yeah, that was a great moment. And then, of course, the day that we played at Riverbend was I'll just bet. fantastic. I'll bet. What year was that? So uh, that uh, was 1999, I believe. It might have been. Yeah, I believe it was in the fall of 1999. Huh, and we had a decent cool. write-up in the paper. We That same year, we also were selected as um, Best New Artist by city beats cami so very we got a cool. cami award very cool um maybe there's somebody listening that remembers that that'd it's be, possible that that that'd be really cool that'd be really cool oh, so, anybody interested they can listen to it on spotify it's out there oh there you go man that's cool <laughs> so now you made you made me think of something else and I, i've i've never asked anybody else this yet because okay. you made me think of this are you a loves to win person or a hates to lose person. Hey, oh boy. I've never thought about that. That's a wonderful question. You're going to have to ask future guests the same thing. And don't let them listen, listen to this. To don't, let them, don't let them prepare for it. <laughs> that wouldn't be any fun at all. Um, I care less about winning than I do about losing. So I'd say I'm a hate to lose person. It's lose. Yeah. Did this exercise in a, in a leadership course once where there were about 30 or 40 people there and the, the facilitator 
um, a guy named Howard, Howard Legardet, who I have just I've learned so much from uh, over the years, asked that question and had the room split up. You know, the hates to lose pers- people on one side and the loves to win. And then he asked a couple of more clarifying questions. And it was funny to watch people who immediately went to one side of the room or the other, all of a sudden step out in the middle and scratch their head and think about it and go, hmm, okay, now what am I going to do? Right. So kind of like you, right, where you got to yeah. think about it. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. So here we go. Here's, here's another pivot. We're going to talk about some of these traits that I believe a sage warrior and a gentleman embodies. And I'm going to, I'm going to say a couple of words and you can either grab onto one of those and say, yeah, I like that. Or you can bring up your own. Okay. So my words and what I feel a true modern man embodies are things like this leadership, honor, integrity, confidence, and compassion. Any of those ring out as being especially true for you? All of them. But I think one that I would put even uh, higher on the list would be empathy. I don't yeah. think those others work without empathy. They won't. And, and I believe that that's what society needs now more than ever. I think that's lacking in uh, among our leaders today is empathy. Yeah. Talk about why. Why do you feel that? Oh, no one's taking the time to look at... Um, the I'll use the term opponent for a lack of a better phrase or the term here, but no one's taking the time to understand the opposing point of view mm-hmm. from an empathetic perspective. They're not trying to feel the way that person feels to better understand them. They're just taking sides and, and um, arguing their point and not even taking the time to listen to what's because, being said. Well, because and, their only agenda is to win. Right. That's, that's yeah. the agenda there. I got to win. Here's, here's, here's who I am. And I'm telling you that this is the way that it's got to be. And, and see, I just, it drives me crazy. That's not leadership from my perspective. Yeah. 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 You know, right. Uh, um, I, I see a great, a great leader leaders that are, I, they're Sherpas, right? They're going to, they're, they're mm-hmm. leading us on a journey, right? We don't know necessarily what's around the bend. We don't know what challenges we're going to face tomorrow. We don't know. Um, it, we don't know what the next big hurdle is going to be. Yeah. The leader needs to be able to bring the team together and um, leverage the best that everyone has to offer. And everyone has something to offer. Sure. You know, sure. that's, I believe in kindness. I think kindness would be another thing that, that I would add to that list. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's all, that's all leaning towards servant leadership then, right? Yeah, I would. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole notion of the of of the Sherpa, servant leadership. That's cool because you're 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 not making it up that mountain without those Sherpas, right? That's right. <laughs> you you have to depend on them for a lot of stuff, but you are depending on them for several different things. I, mostly, though, you're depending on them to keep you alive, right? In a lot of yeah, ways. Absolutely, and and you know, I come. I'm coming back to the prior question, you know, about winning and losing, and carry, you know, I don't care that much about winning. I definitely don't like losing. Um, but I, something that I'm, I'm going to tie this all the way back to my grandfather, something he told me not long before he passed away, that is still resonates. It's still a big part of my perspective on life in general. And he was very, very successful in the end. And none of that mattered to him. Mm. What, what he said was, it doesn't matter how successful you are in life or what you accomplish. It the only thing that matters is what stories you can tell. 
<laughs> and remember, you told me this in the bar, and I looked at you and I go, I say that all the time, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and because that's where we're going to find joy. It that's, is. In my opinion, that's where we're going to find joy. I can tell you stories about my biggest mistakes, and I can find good in that. Yeah. I can tell you stories about things that I did where, you know, I couldn't believe I made those choices that it turned out it worked out great. And I brought joy into someone else's life. And and that makes me really happy. I can't necessarily tell you how much money I was making in that, at at that point in my life or what car I was driving at that, but I can tell you stories about how I made other people feel and how they made me feel. And so I think in the end, that's what we take with us. Yeah. Right. And so if we're going to find joy in the world, it's about the stories. It's about the adventure. Yeah, you know? I agree. So yeah, that's my perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what does chivalry mean to you? Boy, doing the right thing when it's the hardest thing to do. Hmm. That's cool. So yeah. that embodies, there's a lot of integrity in that definition, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Right. I think a lot of people's, um, I don't know who coined it. I don't know if it's in Wikipedia. I don't know if it's in Webster's, but it, it, you know, I've always seen the interpretation of integrity as doing the right thing when no one is looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think that's the connection there. Um, I, I still believe in being a gentleman. I think that's some very, very important. So, sure. and that comes back to kindness, but I believe mm-hmm. that, that that's true. Not just, as, as um, trying to be a strong male role model for my son and my daughter um, and, and traditional um, from a traditional perspective of how a, woman, a man should treat a woman. I mean, a man treat everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If someone's walking up behind me and I, and I happen to have my hand on the door and I open the door, it doesn't matter if it's a man, woman, transgender, it doesn't matter to me. It's a human right. being that's right behind me and they've got, their hands full. I'm going to hold the door for them. I think sure. that's, I think that's chivalrous. I think that's an important thing to do. It is. Yeah, I agree. I and agree. stopping something that if you have an opportunity to intervene, if there's some unfortunate event that's unfolding and you can calm the group or the individuals where there's conflict, I think it's important to step in and, and try and be the voice of reason in those moments as well. I think that's also yeah something I think it's important from, um, to be chivalrous. Yeah. You have to be able to take the flack from that sometimes too. And I, I, I know that from experience um, on a plane, on a really crowded plane coming out, I don't remember where I was. I think we were flying into Florida and a guy was in like a middle seat and the aisle was already crowded and he was doing everything he could to try to get out of there. And there was a Vietnam vet standing right in front of me. And this guy continued to look at him and said, move, I need to get out. And this guy's like, dude, there's nowhere to go. I tried to calm this guy down. He threatened me until he left the airport. He kept shooting daggers at me. He kept looking at me. He, he was, I mean, you know, and, 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 and all of my colleagues are there standing around me and they're go, what is that all about? And I told him the story and every single one of them stood up and said, we got your back, man. He's not, yeah. he's not, he, he's not going to touch you. We got your back. No worries. You oh, know. oh my gosh. But it was just, it was just, it was one of those things where I saw this starting to escalate. There was no way that any flight attendant could have got 
to any of us there. It was just a couple of us there. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, man, you know, chill out, man. Hey, you know, we all, we all want to get off the plane. Everything's cool. We all been sitting for a long time. And he just, he just went off on me. Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going right. to do? Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's see. We got a, we got a couple more things to go here before we wrap up. So here's another question for you. What does style mean to you as a gentleman? <laughs> my daughter and my wife would love to answer that question on my behalf. Uh, they'll be the first to tell you that I have no style. Um, I really like stylish clothes. I like a sharp connected outfit. I, I love the way that a well-dressed individual man, woman, I, I, I really appreciate it, but I'm not very good at it to be, mm-hmm. to be honest about it. Um, I got a funny story for you. So, uh, you, right now, even though the audience can't see me, I'm wearing my FC Cincinnati, um, Jersey because they're playing tonight. Big soccer. Yep. Shout out yep. to FC. what a wonderful program. Yeah. And I had my, uh, I had khaki shorts on and this is, I'm kind of going back to another moment, you know, pregame event. It was going to be televised. This is last year sometime. And we had to run to the mall to do a little shopping with the family. I don't realize, Jeff, until I get there, I've got camo Crocs on my feet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's fine for the 10 acres and and dealing with the chickens and the horses and everything we've got out here because you don't need stylish shoes. You don't want to ruin your stylish shoes when you're out here on the farm. You don't know what you're going to step in, right? But it's not such a good idea when you get to the mall. Now, my son, who's got a... um, a really good sense of style along with my, my, my wife, my daughter, when he saw what was on my feet, he said, you're not going into the mall. If you go into the mall, I'm walking 10 feet. You know, he was not going to be associated with me at any point in time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just thought about, well, I've, I'm here. We're 45 minutes from home. You don't have to walk next to me, but by God, I'm wearing these Gator Crocs into the mall, buddy. And I know it's a terrible idea, but I don't have any other choice. And I was getting all these wonderful glances kind of shot at me and you just make fun of it. And it's just, it's kind yeah. of a crazy moment, but um, yeah. uh, I, I really have a lot of respect and appreciation for it. Now from a design perspective, I love really great design. So I'm always looking at, you know, uh, design and, and industrial design and automotive design and, yeah. You know, throw away all the cars from the 80s. You got to go back to the, the 70s and, and mm-hmm. to see any style on cars, things like that, right? Yeah. So I love it. I have an appreciation for it. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts for crying out loud. I ought to know something about it. But when it comes to actual fashion, mm-hmm. I'm not very good at execution. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> all right. How about, <clears throat> how about health? How important do you think health is? It's critical. Absolutely critical. Uh, I try to work out anywhere from three to, to five days a week. Um, less about, I feel much better and much more productive when I get a decent amount of exercise and I sleep well. And, uh, but it, for me, you know, my, my father passed from pancreatic cancer. He was also dealing with diabetes. He had um, open heart surgery he had a, a number of different health issues and he left this world. Uh, he was in his um, mid early seventies. Mm. I want to be here much longer than that. Yeah. 
You know, if I want to see my grandkids. I want to see what my kids do with their lives. I want to retire someday and enjoy that. I want to be healthy. Right. You know, I think that's, I think health is, I don't think you can be truly happy unless you're healthy. I think that's part of the mix. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think so too. I, I, I do what I can to stay healthy as well. All right. So we're down to our last couple of questions here, sir. This has been phenomenal so far. I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you, man. This is, this is cool. And I knew I would, you know, the way we hit it off in the bar, drinking beers together. I'm like, I'm like, I am interviewing you, man. Oh, I love it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, yeah. Is, like Stories is, are great. Yeah. yeah, this is, this is fantastic. So, so here, here is, here is question number one of the final two questions. If you were to mentor a younger person, what do you think would be, the, the, the subject matter or the way that you could mentor someone really well? I've learned so much from my membership and active participation in the entrepreneurs organization. They have a local chapter here in Cincinnati that I would love to draw on to help future leaders. I've learned so much about um, how little I know about myself <laughs> uh, and it, 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 one of the one of the fundamental aspects of EO is a gestalt method of communication mm-hmm. so there is no we're not giving each other advice and so from a mentoring perspective, if a mentee were looking to me for advice, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't. That's not, that's not really, in my opinion, going to help them. Because mm-hmm. if they're anything like me, Jeff, they're not going to want anyone telling them what to do or why to do it yeah. because no one's qualified. And that's crazy when we talk about mentorship and, and um, those who are looking for that type of path and they want that Sherpa, right? I think, especially with the younger, you know, being, and I know this is true for myself in my younger years, I wanted someone to show me the way, like, this is how you do it. This is the way that it works. And I never really quite got that. um, And that's okay. Uh, But looking back now and what I learned from um, being trained in the EO and and the Gestalt methods and, and helping my peers out uh, and them helping me out using that style of communication is that coming all the way back to my grandfather again, oddly enough, (laughs) he said, it's all about the stories you can tell. Well, when we're talking about gestalt as a method of communication, it's experience share. It's not advice. Mm -hmm. So if I have an experience that relates directly to the challenge that, that you're facing, I believe you'll get a lot more value out of me telling you my story and how I got through that challenging time you'll take what is meaningful to you and you'll apply it to your own circumstances. And that's not the same thing as me giving you advice. Yeah. And, and I think what we know to be true about most leaders is they're quick to make decisions so that they can continue moving forward. And we're problem solvers. It's just part of the nature. And um, there's a, there's a desire and a want to solve the problem for other people. Sure. And one of the most important lessons I learned that from my wife and it's strengthened our marriage beyond belief. Uh, we've been married for well over 20, I think 27 years now. Mm. Um, just listen, don't solve the problem for me. Right. 
Now add some experience share to that and now it gets a whole lot better. But if I just start, you know, saying this is what you should be doing, that would be bad. So it's a long winded way of answering your question, but I think I have a lot of stories that I could share that would help those who are interested in or, or are finding themselves in leadership positions that could help them. Cool. Cool. Love it, man. That's fantastic. All right, sir. Final question. And then we'll be wrapping it up for tonight. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I'm at the beginning of my journey and thank you for having me on the show. It's a, it's been fun. And anytime that I'm blessed with these types of opportunities and I embrace them, I learned something. So thanks for having me on, Jeff. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, man. This is great. Yeah, this this really has been a great conversation for me. I, I think this is, you know, I, even though, and, and, and some of the men that I have interviewed, I've known for 30 years, but I learned something new when we sit down and talk like this, because I don't know if it's because there's an agenda, but it, it is definitely because I'm trying to pull something out of guys like you. You know, and, and even when you know somebody for a long time, you start talking like this, you do learn some new things and it's, it's very cool. Very cool stuff. All right, man. Good deal. So uh, we will, we'll, we'll sign off for now. And uh, again, man, I, I thank you very much. This is, this has been excellent. It's my pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. All right, man. Bye-bye. So thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sage Warrior Gentleman podcast. And remember that you can join us and get a free guide over at sagewarriorgentleman.com. We'd love to have you join our conversation and please help us spread the word if you feel this could help someone you know and care about.